0: officials could be hiding the extent of their chemical weapons networks and activities. The U.S. and Western powers on the Security Council want to use these reports to try and put pressure on the Assad regime and its backers. U.S. election authorities are reviewing computer security across the country after it was discovered that two state voter databases were hacked,
1: possibly from Russia. As our Washington correspondent John Clark reports, The cyber attacks have raised concerns that the November presidential election could be compromised.
0: The FBI has found evidence that election databases in Illinois and Arizona have been attacked, with some pointing the finger at Russian hackers. Homeland Security has ordered states across the country to review their security. This is the latest in a series of cyber attacks on American institutions, including government departments and political parties, with Russia and China often being blamed. With the U.S. presidential and congressional elections only 10 weeks away, authorities are scrambling to ensure systems are safe to protect the integrity of the vote.
2: From bureaus
1: worldwide, this is FSN.
2: Cranberry Cranberry Radio. We're everywhere. Find our shows on iHeartRadio, iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and anywhere you download your podcasts. Pick out some new favorite podcasts now. Get ready to tap into the minds of the founding fathers of SEO. Rocket rock to the next generation of Search Engine Optimization 3.0 with traffic that will put your website into a head-on collision. Decades of combined SEO expertise give their take on the world of SEO. Now, here are the princes of PageRank, the heroes of HTML, the sultans of search, the SEO, SEO rock stars. Rock stars
3: all right we are live it is august 30th 2016 and we've been away a little bit we've been traveling we've been working hard but glad to be back with you and uh thank you fans for listening to us uh and listening to us on cranberry radio cranberry.fm this is seo rockstars this is chris boggs i'm with web traffic advisors and i'm joined as always by frank watson with altima how goes it frank
1: very good actually It's uh, been uh, an interesting week so far so and,
3: and it's we have only some interesting tuesday
1: stories <laughs> yep exactly well it seems longer
3: <laughs> so we're gonna but jump you right know it's it. been a
1: hectic week when 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 you're in tuesday afternoon and you think it's thursday
3: you know that's funny that's the second call in a row that i've had where that led off so i guess we're ramping up <laughs> out of the summer and back into the heavy work uh, cycles which is the same for me certainly uh, and a lot of stuff to talk about so um, you know we talk a lot about Google and it's nice to every once in a while have something about Bing to talk about uh, Bing certainly uh, continues to try to be uh, you know different and unique in, in its own ways uh, as a search engine and uh, over at the SEM post uh, today August 30th 2016 Jennifer Slegg covered that Bing is testing the site name only with no URL in the search results so I think that's pretty interesting uh, you know the screenshot shows the Microsoft example where uh, much like sort of the drop-down that you can see in the Google um, URLs that have been shortened uh, in, in the way that they're displayed in the search results uh, for organic in Google sometimes uh, we can see that uh, Google's testing instead of having these long uh, URLs um, having just the name of the domain uh, sort of stick in green underneath the blue clickable link. What do you think, Frank?
1: Yeah, I mean, obviously, the the interesting part about this one is that um, Jen couldn't uh, replicate it in the US, and I tried and I couldn't either. I, you know, that maybe they're doing like a bunch of engines have in the past, even Google testing in Europe before bringing something over here. Because uh, the, the example that's in the article is from a German search result. But, yeah, no, I agree. You know, being and it's interesting because, I mean, realistically, do we really need to know in the visual what the full length of a URL is? You know, the, if the brand is big enough, that you go, okay, it's Microsoft. You know, or, okay, it's Amazon. Uh, it, that should be more than enough or just the, you know, the, the main part of the domain. Um, would be sufficient really because once you scroll over it you can see the full URL.
3: I would argue, I mean if you do a search for Microsoft right now in Bing you know the first result and uh, by the way um, what I did was I tried to force some French results and it's still showing up Uh, but if if you force the French uh, you're getting uh, Microsoft.com and then products.office.com and then uh, support.office.com, Products Office, some from Facebook, Microsoft Store.com. So there's a lot of different pages that could exist on Microsoft.com that could be what you'd be looking for. Let's say you're an existing client of a bank, uh, and you want to find the login, right? That's always been a pet peeve of mine with Chase. Yeah. Is how many different logins they have? That 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 if you ch- type in Chase login, right? So I think that although this could have a positive use. Uh, it could backfire in the case of complex sites like Microsoft that do have a ton of different options. Uh, you know, frankly, we're probably overanalyzing it. I don't think that most searchers would look at that that much. Um, um, you know, maybe they would look at it more if it was less of a long URL, though.
1: True. And, that, and the other thing is, you know, I, I don't want, it, you were saying in the beginning, you know, give props to Bing and things like that, I don't want a lot of people using Bing. I'd much prefer the herd to be over at Google because I've always been able to manage to get really good CPAs from Bing because they don't have the huge number of people so that a lot of the bigger advertisers go out, oh, why do we even bother? And I love that because then the bidding's a little lower if you're doing paid search and you can get really good conversion rates compared to what you're paying now over at Google.
3: Now, would you say
1: that so across if you're listening audiences? to it, if you're listening to us, yeah? But I mean, if you're listening to us, you deserve that tip. That if you're doing if you're doing paid search, you should definitely use Bing because the conversion numbers in all the different spaces that I work in are cheaper. And
3: and, and why not say the, the same thing for SEO? Uh, You know, lower volume, but there might be more of an immediate opportunity if you hone in on some of the keywords there. Um, You know, the Bing Webmaster Tools continues to be something that I need to spend more time within. Uh, I do think that, um, you know, when you look at the value of Bing nowadays, you probably could narrow it into a few industries or verticals or whatever you want to call them. But would you say that B2B would still be the strongest based on historically? Uh, you know, the number of installs and so forth on on PCs and and down the line uh, for people just being used to Microsoft that maybe aren't used to search as per se?
1: Yeah, I I mean, without a doubt. And then there's just certain people that, you know, use particular products more. Um, So I imagine the financial vertical has been really good. So, you know, a lot of the, the... Tools have got Bing, you know, any Microsoft tool has that Microsoft built in to do a search into Bing if you've got that ability in the tool to do a search. So, you know, they're pulling from their own pool of, of search results.
3: Well, if you guys haven't checked out Bing recently, hopefully this spurred you to do so. Um, personally, I'll continue to use Google for now. Uh, I, I'm still looking for that one type of search that uh, you know somebody convinces me that I should be better off at Bing. Uh, so if you as a listener have some ideas, let us know. We'd love to talk more about Bing. Um, another topic that is not too often talked about on the SEO Rockstars is international search. And international marketing, and it just so happens that uh, we have not only a, a, a rock star, but also our content curator that has happened to content curate something that he wrote. So <laughs> it's nice. Yeah, it's not, I had to throw that in. We do that. That uh, you know, we we feature any of our own content. I personally haven't written in a long time. Uh, I do a lot of writing, but it's all for clients. Um, but uh, Frank uh, has a great post over at the Altima blog uh and it's on uh ultima.fr uh I, I just noticed frank the link that you gave me uh that it's on the en.blog.ultima.fr that's probably another interesting story and maybe that could lead us into uh what this post is all about so what you want to do uh international marketing
1: yeah yeah i mean that's the the big thing and and I just figured it was time to write something and, and this was, was a good topic is um, just like in different niches, uh, international marketing requires a, you know a, a thorough mindset and a thorough look at what you're doing. A lot of the times you've got people that speak one particular language that use some sort of machine translation to throw up uh, pages in, in another language which never really works very well. You know, especially now when you've got, you know, Google with their quality scores for content, you know, uh, Panda and everything else. So, you know, you've really got to be able to, one, provide good quality translations. You know? And if you've got people in your organization that speak different languages, it makes it a hell of a lot easier. Uh, the other part is you also should be aware that in certain areas, you know, you you can reach out internationally, and like Bing, there's a little less competition. You get a lot of people that, you know, are spending more time in the U.S. or, or earning English because that's the, the broader base, or when you go to Asia into Chinese as opposed to the other languages that are available there. <clears throat> you know, so you've got that part of it. And then there's the the, the broad differences in cultural messaging that I learned way back, you know, at the, at the start of this new century, <laughs> it seems so long ago. Uh, but you know what I mean, Chris, that, you know, you, if you have a look at a website that uh, is specifically in Jap- Japanese, the colors there, it, it almost looks like their websites are part of the Ginza with their flashing neon lights. Now that they're, it's almost hard to watch some of these websites because of, you know, they have pastel colors and they're blinking. Right. Whereas you, know, you look at the stuff in Europe and it's a little bit more like Europe. It's a little bit more established. It's, it's not quite the, the younger age of the U S so they you know, the colors and, and the layouts and, and, and that sort of thing are a little bit more traditional. Yeah. Well,
3: you uh, know, you know, Frank- they
1: can be thought of, go ahead.
3: I was going to say, you lay out some excellent thought points in this article and, and really, you know, the, the, the high level point that is you can't just do international marketing, right? Uh, there's a lot of things that you may think are status quo or best practices, but would be completely foreign uh, in, in another country. And, and that's, you know, uh, that's part about taking SEO. Uh, beyond just a focus of ranking and search engines and also understanding your audiences and what could work and what could be shared uh, in in overseas lands. So Altima, obviously you guys do that. Um, You know, there's no conversation about international SEO that should go without the mention of Andy Atkins Gruger, or Bill Hunt or Ann Kennedy, Uh, you know, uh, Christian Marhaus, and these are all people that uh, are very well known in the space. And if oh, you yeah. want to read and learn more about international SEO, uh, by all means, uh, read up and uh, stay current. Because um, you know, if there's one thing, one generalization that you can make about international SEO is that sometimes, uh, if you've been competing in a very competitive .com space, um, you can actually be a little bit ahead of the curve. Uh, I've found uh, so. Uh, you know, it's important to uh, take opportunities and, and understand how Google thinks in dot-com, even though they might be treating something differently in uh, some of the, dot, uh, the other dots. Uh, that's one ad that I would, I would give to the topic, Frank.
1: Oh, yeah. No, no, no. Absolutely. And it's, the, the, I mean, the big part of it is the, the getting up to speed. You know, the advantage that existed in the 2000s has definitely shortened now. Uh, at the turn of, you know, when it, when it hit 2008, 2009, the, you know, the European and the Asian online places, you know, websites are a lot savvier than they were. So, you know, they're, they're no longer lagging that far behind, but the, the thing is you can, you know, especially if your niche isn't that big over there and you're bringing something to them, you've got that ability to, to hit the market right.
3: You hit the market right. And speaking of hitting the market, we got to hear from our sponsors, who we thank as always for, so stay with us on SEO Rockstars, we'll be right back.
2: We'll be back with more SEO rock stars right after this.
0: It's time to take your ad testing out of the Mesozoic era and into the Ezoic era. Uh-huh. EZOIC is the world's first machine learning platform, creating tailored ad combinations to monetize your website. Our automated ad testing not only boosts ad income, but increases page views, improves bounce rate, and will impress the user experience. Start your 30-day free trial today at EZOIC.com and join thousands of publishers who are already earning 60% more with EZOIC. That's ezoic.com. Ezoic, make your website smarter. Ezoic is a Google certified publishing partner.
2: Are you paying too much for your paid advertising, or have you quit altogether because it seemed like a huge waste of money? Studies show that companies waste 25% of their PPC spend on average. The web marketing experts at wmetraining.com can show you how to make your AdWords account a lean, mean, converting machine. Whether you're just starting out or want to take your skills to the next level, we have a class for you. Contact the web marketing experts at WMETraining.com. Content for your ears (coughs) and everything in between. (coughs) Cranberry.fm. Now let's get back to jamming and spamming with the SEO rock stars.
3: We are back on SEO Rockstars. Thanks again for staying with us. So, our next topic is coming from search engine land. Uh, Quite a, a detailed article from, let's see, the author here, Glenn Gabe. Uh, published August 29, 2016. It's actually a part one of an even more upcoming detailed article that shows some, I think, very interesting insight. I haven't had the chance to give it the deep read it needs yet, Uh, but the article is titled, With Panda in Stealth Mode, why google's quality updates should be on your algorithmic radar. So again, this is from Glenn Gabe. Uh it goes into first a a pretty good history about Panda and then I think Glenn lays out some uh, interesting um, you know observe, uh, observations from Panda uh to Phantom 2 uh Phantom 1, uh, Phantom 3, 4 and uh basically what he is calling uh you know these updates that occur after Phantom. So at a high level, um, I think that uh, Glenn is laying out an excellent case that uh, Google is getting closer to what it wants to do, which is to incorporate sort of a self-fixing algorithm uh, that is able to sort of roll with changes and, and, and roll out and then roll back uh, based on uh, certain you know, uh, effects that the uh, previous update might have had, uh, both adverse and positive, Frank
1: yeah yeah no, I mean the interesting thing about it is they're they're obviously working Panda and the Phantom, which is just like a quality another form of quality update um that he called phantom and and have has subsequently been sort of referred to more as quality updates, but either way, um what they're talking about here is the fact that you know they've worked these algorithm changes into just a general algorithm. Um, tweaking and what what it's almost like now for us to be able to track it's not like you know the announcement there's going to be an update to panda uh, because panda's already baked into the algorithm and they may make a little knob change for some aspect and 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 that'll have an impact on certain things we're not getting those mad cuts um yeah. alerts or we're not getting the long term you know we're going to have see the panda or penguin change in and then we need seismologists. we we need to go back to what we used to do at the start of all this the google dance we you yeah. know i think we've got to get the group of people across different countries that are monitoring certain aspects of search and you know and that is when there's happening sort of yeah, uh, it, it is you've got happening. you know, Moz you know, is doing it and search metrics is doing it. You know, those guys are, are, are sort of monitoring any reports. major changes in the search,
3: yeah, exactly. And it is more, I think, almost a process of seismology, right? There needs to be sensors out there, and I think a lot of the big tools like Bright Edge and Conductor and, and search metrics and, and all of them have, uh, you know, a standard set of results that they're monitoring across different categories that allow some insight and some fairly quick weather reporting. Uh, but the key, like you said, is that it's no longer going to be, uh, you know, preambled by a Matt Cuts blog post, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. And, and I, you know, and that's the good part of, you know, like Webmaster World and, you know, a few other places where information's being shared on a daily basis for, you know, hey, anyone see this? Type thing which was pretty much how we used to do the Google dance measurements back then and you know there was the ability I you know obviously the guys that are doing the weather reports now are looking at data centers and, and seeing if there's any major shifts you know on a regular basis they're just running through that, like you said set result patterns that they're looking at and you know if there's any sort of major change then that they're drilling in and, and looking and saying okay here we go
3: yeah, well, we'll look into, uh, we'll, we'll keep an eye out for the next part of this. It's an interesting series. It looks like it's building to be. Um, obviously, you know, this is stuff right now that we're talking about that, you know, has been, either forecast or announced over the years I mean there's tweets and stuff in this article from John Mueller back from 2014 right so but you know our point is that now and this article I think does a good job of now that we have a long enough scale of phantoms as per se or quality updates uh, to look back on we can start to uh, you know hopefully see a pattern and maybe the dance uh, groups uh, will help with that as well Let's move over to...
1: Before we move, there's one tool that people should be looking at, uh, the um, barracuda.digital. Barracuda.digital forward slash penguin, P-A-N-G-U-I-N hyphen tool. That um, is rather clever because what it does is you can tie it into your analytics and it drops down all of the different times algorithm changes and to see whether or not your site's been impacted somewhere. It's a tool I use all the time and, and it's one that's free that you can, you know, get a quick idea if something's going wrong with the traffic, you know, go here, put in your algorithm, you know, your analytics and the next thing you know, you go, Oh, wow. Okay. We got hit here. Let's go back and have a look at, uh, why that, what the change was, et cetera, et cetera.
3: It's always about tools. Yeah, tools, totally tools, help. tools. So twelve video SEO tips to help improve your search rankings from Teresa Litsa, over at Search Engine Watch, which I know that we've maligned a few times recently, based on some of the content that's getting published there. There is, um, you know, still some good, uh, um, to uh, still good content that that we're finding. And uh, Frank, you found a nice list of. Uh, video tips here um, what what was your favorite one?
1: Uh, I think you know I mean the the obvious to you know make sure that you're optimizing the description and use of keywords uh, you know and it's it's just like a, a web page uh, they they recommend that you you know keep an eye on having hosting. The video yourself as opposed to just leaving it at YouTube you know embedding it over at your individual website and put each YouTube video on a separate page so that that way you can wrap some content around it you can add metadata to the page that type of thing and um, that relationship between YouTube and people engaging from your site pulling the information will help when it comes to getting it pulled, and and there's the chance that your page will actually be included when the uh, videos are put up.
3: Yeah, and there's some stuff. And that also the thumbnail,
1: I, that's one thing that a lot of people. Sorry, I jumped Go in ahead. again. The, but the thumbnail, pick a really effective thumbnail. You know, the point where it records because the better that thumbnail, the more it's going to. It's just like a good headline but it's a visual thing. So if there's a few of them there and you've got something that stands out a little more, you'll get more clicks.
3: Yes. And I I agree. I I think the thumbnail, no one can argue with that. And even though it is a bit of a red herring sometimes to chase it for certain keywords, uh, it's definitely uh, something to try to get. Uh, A couple that I like in here, I mean, there's a lot of good ones in here, um, in terms of um, repurposing video i think it's a great idea uh and it's some it's something that's not used often enough i think with text either is that is creating a longer form piece of content and then uh taking snippets of it and you know getting them out there in social or finding ways to uh you know get people interested in the topic and then coming back to your website uh you know to finish vi- watching the video or um, or reading the content or whatever it may be right so um, i i like that and i also back to the point on the metadata uh... you know there's uh, something we talked about just recently i think on a show we were pre-recording uh... you know that that it's it's definitely important these days to leverage as much uh, kind of schema that you can, uh, especially if the person that's, for example, speaking on the video, uh, I think that there's a, a specific schema tag that allows you to say that that person can also, it's the same person that is is on this page, right? So you can reference their Wikipedia page or some other page, a bio about them so Google can know or whoever can know uh, yeah. that that person is, a, uh, is the same as that, right? So there's these little wins that you can do. Uh, across all these different types of media uh that can help to reinforce yourself uh from an SEO perspective in the long term. Absolutely. The last one I wanted to hit Frank before we hit another break is Google asking local business uh descriptions uh from uh searchers. I seem to have lost the link actually uh when I put it into my ordering. Uh, so there it is. This is from the SEM Post uh, yesterday, August twenty nine, twenty sixteen. Um, so they, um, I, I was actually in um, a new burger place. I can't remember the name of it uh, the other night. And uh, recently, I've gotten into the Google Local Guide thing and getting some points and stuff, uh, and trying to grow my level. and And I was interested. They they led me through a bunch of questions. So um, I think that. Uh, um, it was interesting, and I also actually one thing that I'll comment on is that it gives you uh, things to yeah. describe the place. Like in this case, the example that the sempo shows is men's shoes, women's shoes. At my restaurant, it was like you know there is a bar, there is no bar. Uh, there's takeout, there's no takeout. Whatever you you, or you could plus it right. It's a very easy and interactive thing. Yeah. Um, so I, I actually pushed that there was takeout. And then I went on to read the reviews, and one of the only the bad reviews there was only a few reviews so far as a new place was that this place doesn't offer takeout. So I was like, hmm, I wonder how I can go back and change that. And I didn't, I wasn't <laughs> able to do that, right? So I think uh, I'm sure it's probably somewhere, uh, but Google needs to make sure to make it available to people that have. Uh, much like you can update a review, you should be able to update these, uh, you know, buttons you can push. I think.
1: Exactly, I think at the moment, all that you can do is delete it and start over i I'm actually one of the local guides, something you know city experts, and then what's now local guides but yeah it it's interesting that they're you know once you've been to a place they're asking you to to engage, I think it's part of the push that Google's got going for local. they really want to increase the the local traffic
3: nice. Well, listen, we need to hear one more word from our wonderful sponsors. Please do, by the way, like we say uh, often, and we just don't get a lot of input. I mean, when we see people, we get it. But do reach out and let us know what to talk about at Facebook and at Twitter. I uh, see rock Stay with us. We'll be right back.
2: We'll be back with more SEO rock stars right after this.
0: It's time to take your ad testing out of the Mesozoic era and into the Ezoic era. EZOIC is the world's first machine learning platform, creating tailored ad combinations to monetize your website. Our automated ad testing not only boosts ad income, but increases page views, improves bounce rate, and will impress the user experience. Start your 30-day free trial today at EZOIC.com and join thousands of publishers who are already earning 60% more with EZOIC. That's ezoic.com ezoic make your website smarter ezoic is a google certified
2: publishing partner all of your favorite webmaster radio.fm programs affiliate buzz next gen now ceo coach cyber law and business report have found a new home. SEO Rock Stars. SEM Synergy. Web SEO 101. PPC Rockstars. Strings with Maria Retail. All of your favorite Webmaster Radio.fm programs have found a new home. Cranberry Radio. Cranberry.fm. Cranberry Radio. Online anytime at Cranberry.fm. Let's get back to jamming and
3: spamming with the SEO Rockstars. Disclaimer, we try to never spam. Uh, At least, you know, (laughs) person's definition of spam is another one's definition of content marketing. So, uh, disclaimer, thank you. We're back, SEO Rockstars. This is Chris Boggs with Frank Watson. And we got a couple quick hit topics before we call it a week. So, um, you know, we try to hit some newsy type of topics usually on the end, so I think we got some uh, good ones here. Uh, There's a nice test uh, uh, reported at Search Engine Land, uh, which, you know, I think that you and I, Frank, and and many rock stars before us have long chimed upon the importance of click-through rate. uh, But uh, columnist Brian Patterson, On August 29th at Search Engine Land shared the results of a click-through rate test performed on one of the test websites he maintains. So, Frank, what were the results and what was the test?
1: Uh, They basically were testing whether or not uh, click-through rate has an impact on ranking. So, uh, and it's something that I've been a big proponent of. You definitely, you know, it's obvious that it's part of the engagement. So if you've got 10 blue links and six or seven of them get a lot more clicks regardless of the ranking, um, the ones that aren't getting the clicks are going to slowly work their way off that front page and Google's gonna test other ones too, you know, because it's all about them giving the user the best possible information around a particular search query. Makes sense, right?
3: Yeah, I think that you know some of the takeaways um are, are pretty interesting when you look at the results. Um, you know I think that um, it shows that basically they uh, what they state was our findings were enough to convince our team that CTR does impact rankings, right? So um, you'd have to do this over a long longer period, and obviously you'd need to be careful as um, you know it, it's interesting. Uh, the the question as to whether you could be kind of skirting with the google guidelines here if you're trying uh, personally i think that if you know if you're trying to influence click-through rate through by writing better titles and descriptions that's the white hat way speaking of spam uh... but i think that the you know the Insinuation here is that you could try to influence click-through rate by automating it, a la you know your old friend, uh, Mechanical Turks. Friend.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, the Mechanical Turks are getting on top of that uh, option pretty quickly <laughs> these days.
3: Oh, that's good. You've not heard. that I
1: have ever done anything like that, but <laughs> <You've heard>. uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah <they're laughs> so that's a uh, so, uh, test that,
3: that as an SEO, especially if you have a test site. And you don't have any, uh, you know, I wouldn't advocate uh, uh, exposing any valuable web properties uh, to this. But if you wanted to test something like that, um, as an SEO, that's, you know, how you got to move forward sometimes, especially in very competitive spaces. So our last topic is going to be... Uh, a big one uh, that we'll probably be talking about more in the future because this is one of those announcements that still does happen with Google that's outside of the traditional algorithm and uh, you know that this is around this recent announcement that Google will be looking more harshly at websites that have interstitial and pop-ups and not only just like the home page but they'll be looking at this at the page level uh, according again to Jen's leg over yesterday at uh, the SEMpost.com. so Frank um, I mean you know it's interesting because I have one client where uh, age verification uh, historically has not been a problem uh, because that's sort of a layer of pop-up that's that's okay as per se because it's it for the for the product set it's typical uh, but when you look at some other types of pop-ups that may be out there um, you know, you might have to be concerned about maybe losing some mobile fra- traffic if you have good uh, rankings, Frank.
1: Yeah, see, the, the the trick of that one is, you know, it's almost like the uh, old days that they, they didn't like pop-ups for paid search. Um, but in this case, what's going to happen, for example, in the financial services area where you can't trade, you know, trading stops. It's the same thing with Wall Street, but, you know, with... with foreign exchange it stops on a friday and then doesn't start up again until S- sunday afternoon when the markets open in asia so what would happen is historically they would bring up a pop-up that would say okay trading has been suspended so that you knew so that people weren't frustrated about trying to get into their accounts and things and and what do you mean it's not working you, you've got to give them that information i think uh in situations like that, what's going to have to happen is you're going to have to have the landing page, and then that pop-up is going to have to come afterwards. Maybe. Because well, to and that's what, what
3: happens if you have an exit type pop-up or it's sensing an exit coming? So, um, you know, that's yeah, we're going to need to know a lot, a lot more when, about when how they're when going to does work. The pop-up happen, right? Is is I think the key there, uh, and you know if. And does Google basically hold the lifetime of the page against it, right? So, if, does Google somehow hang around long enough, or simply by its crawl trigger the second pop-up that says, "Wait, are you leaving? Wait, we'll give you a toaster." Uh, and then, does that, you know, does that hurt as well?
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. This is, gonna, you know, this is something that you know if you rank really well for something, and you happen to have an interstitial that comes across at a specific time but it's only there for, you know, a few hours a week or whatever. Um, You know, you get penalized. How quickly can you get out from under the penalty? Do they come back and scroll it and see it's not there and, okay, you're good? So it's going to be a seesaw where you don't really mind. I I mean, there's a lot of repercussions in this that's going to have to be examined. And I'm sure there's going to be a lot of people pushing back at Google saying, Oi, mate, you've thrown the baby out with the bathwater here.
3: Well, and it's a tangled web, too, you could argue. But listen, on that, we need to tangle on. The time is now to tangle on. Enjoy the rest of your
1: week, my friend.
3: (laughs) Rock on, and um, we shall be back. Thanks, everyone, for being with us. Uh, We do play live on cranberry.fm usually, and as we get into the fall a lot more regularly again, uh, on Tuesday afternoons at 4 p.m. Eastern. So uh, check us out there, or Facebook, or iTunes, or iHeartRadio, or Twitter. Thanks to Brasco, our awesome producer. Rock on, everyone.